0: It's 8 a.m. It's 8 a.m. It's 8 8 a.m.
1: Jordan. What's up, Joe? Not much. <laughs> it's 8 a.m. shift. a.m. Hall- shift. Halloween edition.
0: That's right, man. Uh, we've been away for a while. Yeah. Uh, mainly because, uh, not to go into too many details, but you know, life comes at you fast oh, yeah. and it oh, came yeah. at us fast. So we've, uh, had to deal with some, um, life things. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, no, no news came. Uh, Came to me as fast as the uh, remake of clueless news <laughs> but uh, i think jordan's uh, looking forward to that
1: yeah i'm, I'm looking forward to uh, a i don't know a post everything generation giving us quizzical intelligent <laughs> Thoughts about, you know, how the way life is. I, I want to see all of them with an awakening. Honestly, the icing on the cake would be if Stacey Dash does make an appearance. <laughs> yeah.
0: you know? So Stacy Dash could make an appearance because she probably still looks like she did.
1: But I want Stacey Dash saying Stacey Stacey Dash things as of right now. (laughs) now. I don't want Stacey Dash circa 95. I want Stacey Dash circa like like 2018, 2017, 2016,
0: (laughs) 2015. Anyway, speaking of backing Trump, we have Michael with us here on the book. (laughs) Uh, My brother Mike, who's been on it before, is here with us today. That is blasphemy. (laughs) What's up, man? I've been... Biting my tongue during your clueless conversation, I'm dying to weigh in here. Well, uh, none of you do. guys. <laughs> the 8 a.m. shift is here to suppress. <laughs> none of you guys noticed my uh, my comment on your uh, 8 a.m. shift Facebook page. Shout out to the Facebook page and the
1: guys running it.
0: About. <laughs> And the guy's running it. Uh about the Monet. I said the new movie's gonna be a Monet. It might look good from far away, but it's gonna be all jacked up <laughs> once you get a closer look. First of all, I did see a comment. A buddy, a buddy of ours, Howie, <laughs> commented on it, but I also don't think it looks good from far away. Yeah, yeah, I don't think, know, it, look, think it looks If they, like if a they get pretty people or... to be in the roles, it'll definitely look good. Including one Stacy Dash. Dash. <laughs> uh that would be epic if she was in it and she's like playing the same just role, like the yeah. republican mom no she could play <laughs> like, the same role i want to see stacy dash as still being a teenager that'd be amazing because she was like 30 when that first movie came <laughs> enough of this nonsense it's uh, the halloween episode yeah, It's not yeah, scare yeah, people anymore you know <laughs> right now people are running for the doors, mm-hmm. horrified <laughs> seeing stacy dash behind them. yeah uh anyway uh so uh it's halloween right uh, the, my favorite time of year, October. Yeah. Not just because our birthday is in October. If you guys haven't seen maybe on social media or heard on any of our previous podcasts, because it's the first time you're listening to him, <laughs> uh, Mike and I are brothers, we're twins. Um, he co hosted once, and uh, you bastards, uh, let that get a lot of. <laughs> 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 I think, I think, I think Listons all my supporters are, on this, I don't understand <laughs> what that's all about, but uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> no, but really, October's the best month because, like, you get to watch horror movies through the whole month, and people can't, like, this not, it's not actually get to. You just choose to. No, no, you know what? I mean, I do. No, too, but, but, but just, I'm gonna preface this by saying the reason you get. I say Oh, you he's get prefacing to? this by his girlfriend allows him no, to. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm saying you get to is because, like, if you were watch. Horror movies every day, like through the whole month, and you were actually telling people, Yeah, I watch this. People were like, Yo, what's up with this guy? Why is he only watch Gore Fest through That's the true. whole month? But in October, people don't give you that look. They're like, All right, I get it. Yeah, you know, it's uh, October. I've, I've amassed a pretty impressive list of horror films this month, and you know, I was watching a lot of like, I was picking and choosing, right? I was picking and choosing a bunch of horror movies, like to watch some, like classic, like Nightmare on Elm Street. And then the other day, I was in a hotel because I was at a wedding on the uh, this past weekend, and so I was like, I guess I'm stuck to whatever's on cable right now. So I put on uh, AMC's, you know, Thirty One Days of, you know, Frights, Frights, whatever it is, uh, and um, I got Silver Bullet Ooh, with nice. Corey Haim, which I haven't seen in years followed by well one one the the last movie i started watching was 13 ghosts which if you remember 13 ghosts okay. from like late 90s it's so, early two thousand. Yeah. It's, it's a huge turn, and it's just like it was like the last phase of those like dimension, you know, mm-hmm. horror movies, all trying to capture, you know, like what Scream captured. It's like the set design is awful. It, they're in this like boxed glassy house, and it's like haunted by like ghosts, and it's like kind of that shuddery editing that like Saw would make popular like a few years later, but. It, the funny thing is, like, Shanna Elizabeth is in it, and, you know, she's an awful actress, and it's, like... They were, like, trying to make her a lead. And, story, like, you know? and she's, like, walking around the place, like, ooh, this is the most beautiful house, and it's, like, the worst set design you've ever seen. Like, yeah, The house looks awful, and you have this awful actress... No offense, Shannon Elizabeth. We love you here at the 8 a.m. I, I think she'll take <laughs> offense. <laughs> she I can't take, very much. There's no way you can't take offense today. Right, check her <laughs> off as a
1: fan of the 8 a.m.
0: <laughs> no Shannon Elizabeth. There's one person support. we know is not a fan yeah. um, <laughs> One Shannon <laughs> Elizabeth. Uh, and Tom Brady. <laughs> and Tom Brady because we uh, likened him to a serial killer <laughs> uh, still, early on in the in still the one of my favorite <laughs> and I, I think you made a lot of good points uh-huh. <laughs> he might have a, a, you know a secret life we don't know uh, <laughs> some heads in his ribs yeah no and I was just watching 13 Ghosts like I was like I can't believe like this movie got greenlit. and not only that there's like good actors in it like Tony Shalhoub is in it he plays Shannon Elizabeth's dad, and F. Murray Abraham. I'm like, this guy's an Oscar winner. <laughs> but said, said to be media. honest, we all know F. Murray Abraham started making some real stinkers after uh, *Amadeus*. F. Murray Abraham, I guess, <laughs> I guess, kind of was like uh, that dude couldn't Ben Kingsley. You know, like Ben, Ki- ben Kingsley, epic actor, right? Amazing. But he would he's almost like Samuel Jackson, right? Like, he'll take any roles. So he's been in a bunch of garbage and a bunch of great movies. I guess F. Murray Abraham is kind of like that, only he just doesn't output as much. I, guess, I don't he, think he gets as many of the great roles again after Amadeus. It's kind of like, you know, a lot of stinkers after that. Yeah, no, I mean, except for the Woody Allen stuff. I mean, I, I guess I can't. <laughs> I'm sorry. He was in some good Woody Allen movies. Once upon a time, you <laughs> used to be able to like Woody Allen So <laughs> Michael making a statement. Anyway, Jordan, you uh, you watch any uh, horror movies leading up to... Um... No, I
1: watched The Bronx Tale again. <laughs>
0: the, um... the real horror is how many times <laughs> he watch it. <laughs> That's going to be the next, uh, that's going to be the next His neighbors just like 24-7 hear a Bronx Tale through the walls of the apartment. They're like, they're, you know, is he lying on the floor and the TV's just running <laughs> over and over? They're again, again. like sitting in their therapist, room yeah. like, I hear Chaz Palminteri's voice all the time. I was having a dream about my mother, but when she spoke, it was Chaz Palminteri's voice. <laughs> Would be a horror. <laughs> Jordan has the same dream. Only he loves it. Exactly.
1: <laughs> Can't wake up, guys. Um, you know what's sad? I didn't watch as many horror movies as I intended to this month. As a matter of fact, I was going through episodes of Better Call Saul. All right. You know. Not going to fall too for that. I'm with it. You know, I've been watching Mayans almost religiously. Yeah, all right.
0: um, I knew, I knew, I was a little saddened when you, uh, remember a couple episodes back when I was like, did you watch Mayans? You were like, yeah, I watched it the first episode, but I didn't really finish it. And now you've gone like, dived in. You're... I told Jordan before that we started recording that I saw a bus ad of Mayans and immediately thought of him <laughs> and a big grin
1: came across his face. I'm touched, honestly, i really touched <laughs> Yeah, I think we all know what we wanted to talk about tonight, right?
0: I think uh, the main focus of today's episode is going to be. To all the boys I've. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Haunting on Hill House, right? Uh, I guess. Haunting. The haunting of Hill House.
1: (laughs) Jordan's throwing me over. He's killing me.
0: (laughs) And now he's cracking up.
1: I, I know you're like, oh, you had to say it, and then head, I know you're laughing you had out of your life. That's kind of good timing, though.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Haunting Hill House, guys. Uh, it's kind of like swept the uh, internet by yes. storm, right? People have been going nuts.
1: Uh, all right, believe I believe
0: so. all of us have watched every episode, right? Yes, well, we have. Well, I
1: have. I know that. Yeah. Well, I only got up to... I'm just fucking with y'all. I, I, I finished it. <laughs> I, finished this, I finished it.
0: Uh, and uh, I feel like... Um, so like I was the first one to watch it. I didn't know any of us, I know that because I was like telling you guys, yo, you gotta get on *Haunting* a *Hill House* and a bunch of other friends. And uh, I mean, if I'm being just you know, full transparency, I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, I loved every episode, not maybe not equally, but I did love every episode. And uh, man, Mike Flanagan, that director, yeah, he's done a bunch of horror movies, and he's not only done a bunch of horror movies like early in his career, but he's done a bunch of horror movies for Netflix. And, uh, yeah, he's like their their boy. Now. Right, right. Like, he's, he's like their golden boy now. Um, you know, I, we're going to talk about, I guess, a lot of things here. But, like, I just think, you know, he built a lot of great tension, like, through the script, through his, uh, visually, through his filmmaking. Uh, but on top of that, like, the family dynamic works really well, right? Because it's not just a horror series. It talks about, like, a family dealing with grief and different things like that. And uh, so it's, like, interesting on a lot on, on a lot of different levels. It's like... You know, you're, you know, one, you're, you're like being freaked out, but two, you're like really invested in the characters. At least I felt like I was. Uh, so, uh, what did you guys think?
1: Uh, I had a few thoughts. <laughs> and um, Jordan whips out his notes. Yeah, um, I thought Jordan haunt- is
0: the only one that's prepared, yeah, <laughs> right? Man. He's the only one that's ever prepared. I like, <laughs> like to wing fuck.
1: it. Uh, I think Haunting of Hill-Hall- Hill House, pull that one, keep that in there. The haunting of Hill House is great. It's not a Bronx tale, though. (laughs) In all seriousness, though, um, I thought it was a fantastic, fantastic take on a very special, specialized like um, variation of of a a genre. Yes, I agree. Um, It's more of a family drama than a horror series, right? Um, Which I thought was genius on their part. That was the
0: most surprising part of it. I think is that. The family drama really overtakes everything, right? But it's so good,
1: you know. Yeah. Right. If you take away the haunted house, you could still have a very profound series about mental health, right? You know what I mean? Um, and mental illness, if you will. Um, I about the storyline with, with the... But TV. it's
0: much cooler with The Haunted House. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Get the floating guy
0: in the hallway. the drama ramps up a bit. Mm. Let me just say this now, guys, just before Jordan continues. S- huge spoiler warnings here, guys, if you haven't seen it. Uh, be, just, be I feel like strong. it's hard to talk about the show without having some spoilers. I guess we'll try to keep them down because we don't like to drive away listeners.
1: True, true. <laughs> but
0: uh, there may be some spoilers, just like, well, let's yeah. say that.
1: Out. There's a lot of dead people. <laughs> and you see them. Yeah. There's, <laughs> a, there's a haunting
0: in this, <laughs> in the, in this place called Hill House. All uh, right, John, continue. Sorry.
1: <laughs> I found the storyline with the twins to be the most captivating. This personally... Uh, you talking yeah, no, about us? I mean, you talking about
0: the show? I mean, but not
1: not only is it the most captivating, I think that's why it's left for
0: the later episodes because they know that's what's like really gonna suck you in. I, I totally agree.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. The the one of the most genius things that they sort of employ throughout the show is, especially those first five episodes. I believe it's the first five, are they focus on each one of the children, and it that dynamic makes you, one it builds each character so well but then it, may, it they give you little they pepper in little details right about different things that you're like oh crap I want to know what this is get a little more in the next episode right but then they pepper in a little more that you're like oh wait wait I want to know that and right. it just all comes together really well and it's funny cuz like and it's this is not something that's easy to do but you know they juggle timelines but they do it very seamlessly like where you're never confused But then it's also one of the things that, so it's like, not only do you see, like, you know, you see uh, what was happening in the past in Hill House and they're present, but then it's also another, like, sort of, like, dynamic you get there is that you see each person's reaction to certain things, right? Because they replay certain things, right? So it's like, you know, what did this person do during that storm? What did this person see during that storm? And what did this person see? So it's like, it's just really cool to sort of give you all those people's perspectives uh, when certain things are happening, which I think is really cool too. Um, And it's funny, like, so I was telling people, mostly Jordan, (laughs) uh, early on I was like, because I, like I said, I loved it off, like from jump, right? Uh, First episode had me hooked, but I was telling people, I was like, if you're having problems, Getting into it, give it up to the third episode because first two episodes are great. I love them, but the third episode where you deal with uh, Theodora, I think, is a the character, Theodore, yeah. and you know where she touches things. And, uh, um, you know, I won't, I won't go into too much detail, but that's like when you really go, oh boy, like this is taking it up a notch. And I feel like that third episode, uh, even though the first two are great, <laughs> don't chew me out anybody. Um, Really, like the story starts to kick into high gear, like from that point on, because like we, we really start to go, okay, now I see what she's capable of, and I see sort of where the rest of this story is going. Because the first two, and it's funny, there was a great article I think you posted maybe on the Facebook, Jordan, um, about uh, each kid representing a stage of grief. Yeah. And, uh, that's a, yeah, that's a grief, which movie. is a, which is amazing. And it's like I didn't catch that when I was watching it. And like after reading the article, I was like, Oh my god, I was like right in my face. But if you think about it, the first two kids they start with, too, are you know, those, those first two stages of grief, and they all come the stories all come in the way the stages come. Right. So those two stages are a little more like, uh, I don't want to say subdued, but like, didn't, uh, the third. Uh, episode is, I guess, whatever, what's the third stage of, of, uh,
1: of um, grief? I, whatever I, whatever I, it is. I'm blanking on this article. Well, whatever it is, I should I have had, so right. had the article up, but I guess it's
0: like, that's when it sort of lent itself to be able to like really start to kick into high gear. So like, anyway, I that thought that was it cool. Episode two is actually one of my episode, favorite episodes of the entire series. Episode two is like, fantastic. I think it has some of the the coolest and like creepiest sequences right and this that sister Shirley. I love how how it informs her character, her right. overall character. Oh, man. That stuff with the um the cat Oh yeah, man the dead cat. Crazy. And then like the idea <laughs> of like, yeah. you know, we see her job, right? Right. But then we see like she was traumatized by death as a kid, so it's like, how did she get into this business? Right. And it all leads up to the moment where it's like, oh, okay, that's why she does what she does. Yeah, no, they're also, even this, if you think about the first episode, just that opening, the opening of the first episode. Oh, it's, it's so creepy. It's so creepy because the opening, so basically the first episode starts uh, on the night. That was basically like the catalyst for like what would sort of inform all these kids through the rest of their life, right? Uh, the, the, and I'm not really giving anything away here. The death of their mother is on that night, right? And it's yeah. the night they leave Hill House. So the episode starts, the first episode starts there, and just, and then just like leaves you with this cliffhanger before rolling into the rest of the episode. And I was, just, I remember just watching that and being like. What, like, what the hell did I just see? Like, I was like, who opens a show like that, right? So, yeah. um, well, I think I actually think you're wrong, though. I, I, it, the first episode doesn't start with when they leave the house, no, it does, but it starts with when he's about to leave the room, doesn't it? No, it's the first episode starts with it, you see each kid, right? And like, the uh, you see Theodora, I think she like blows off the, the, the brother when he goes in the room and then he goes in and he cuz like the little girls screaming and he goes to like check in on him or something. You don't see till a little later that the father took the son out of the room. That's not how it opens. But but it, it what you're saying is true though, because it starts with a very creepy scene and you do kind of get, all the kids' So, the, so was um, the opening, uh, and they, uh, again, I watched this, I was the first to watch, so it's been a few weeks. Uh, was the opening when he goes in and she tells him about the Bent Neck Lady? Yes. Oh, That's okay. So, again, it's still a great scene to open on yeah. because you're like, the hell is the again, man? You, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, you're, you're absolutely right. The, the episode begins. With them going into the room, she's yeah. saying she sees the bent neck lady, and then like you see the bent neck lady, and I was just kind of like, oh shit, like this is. I I'm in. Think, <laughs> I think you hear the words bent neck lady. You're like, holy crap. <laughs> it's just that little girl, the way she says it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like what? Personal. Those kids, some of the things they see. You really see why they're so traumatized when they're adults because I'd have been ruined for life seeing some of the things (laughs) they see in That bowler hat guy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, But, Jordan, so, like, what was your... Because I think, uh, I I believe I remember um, you weren't uh, sort of swept swept up by the first or first two episodes the way we were when we had first seen it, Mike Mike and I.
1: Yeah, I think I was very... um... How do I put it? I just wanted to like kind of soak it in. You know, like I I didn't wanna I don't I just wanted to like objectively go into like Tony <laughs> no, was
0: like, how can I work chas Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say no chaz commentary
1: was already uh, a mark against it. <laughs> um but I was like, okay, well that dude that was in Game of Thrones is in it, so that's uh, definitely a, a a huge plus.
0: The second Darion the hair Exactly, uh, exactly
1: which is, which is funny, too, because um, I feel like, you know, he hasn't been Yo, in... Yo, I forgot
0: that that yeah. was him, right? Yes. Yeah. Yo, I told the brother is the second Dario Nahari. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Um, for a minute, like, you know, it's funny when I, when I saw a minute, I was like, wait. Because I haven't seen him in Game of Thrones in a while. He actually looks, like, younger in this, uh... Because does. he doesn't have the beard. Yeah, he doesn't have the he beard. And got,
0: why, yeah, and that's why... He has, a, totally full a kind of, like, patchy beard. Like, yeah. I grow, you know? Like, yeah, it's... Yeah, so it's not, like, a full adult beard. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. he has... Wow. Like, everybody... <laughs> you wonder dope. why I was watching the show, and I was like, where do I know this
1: guy from? <laughs> it
0: was Game of Thrones. He's Dario Naharis. That's right, yeah. yeah. And then,
1: um... Yeah, so, like, you know, like, when I saw that, I was like, okay, that's cool, um... Who else is going to be in this, it's like kind of interesting. Um,
0: first of all, I'm so what are you gonna t-
1: watch anything Carla
0: Gugino's in? So, yeah, right. that's kind of true, too. And he's if he, Carla Gagino's in the new Clueless, I'm gonna be the first ticket <laughs> in that theater. Maybe they maybe New Clueless is the character's just older, and Carla Gagina can play, um, Gagino, you know? get so it Carl, right, Carla Gagino. <laughs> Uh, take my Italian card, um, <laughs> can play, uh, what's her name that passed from, uh, oh, because um, she was brunette. Brittany, Brittany Murphy. Brittany oh, Murphy. Yeah. Rip, rest in peace. <laughs> Who is great. and it Gagina can be older Brittany Murphy. Then you have I guess the other two can play themselves. They should take And, and they still be older. <laughs> I guess still they can just play fight themselves. If she uh, anyway, back to <laughs> uh, Carla Gugino is actually, she's like a Mike Flanagan, like. Um, yeah, she's in a lot of these um, games. She was in, which is great, Gerald's game. Gerald, yeah. she's it's fantastic. Oof, still has one of the most grisly scenes I've ever seen in my life. Like, I've seen a lot of horror. Uh, it usually doesn't affect me, right? Like in a lot of like gory horror movies, right? Like Tom Savini going off, on, like Dawn of the Dead. There's a scene in Gerald's Game, and I'm gonna spoil this just because uh, the movie's been out for like forever, so like uh, like a year or whatever. There's a scene with so she so basic premise of Gerald's Game stuff happens. She's left handcuffed to a bed, and her husband has passed. And the so, mind like, plays tricks. And so so she's like trying to figure out how to, um, like, save her own life, right? She's handcuffed to a bed. She's gonna starve to death. Her husband's dead on the ground. Her mind starts to, like, tweak her out, right? Because she's been there for days. She hasn't, she can't drink or eat. And (laughs) there's a scene where she's like, the only way she can get her hand out is if she pulls her hand. Oh, my God, it's rough. Through the handcuffs. She starts to pull her hand through the handcuffs and stop listening if you if you if, you, if, you, if this will gross you out, come back in about okay. fifteen seconds. She pulls her hand through the handcuffs and like proceeds to rip the skin off of her hand. It is one of the most <laughs> gross Damn. I was watching this and I was just like, <gasps> like I couldn't take it. And I was like, I've seen like guys get gutted it in movies, <laughs> like, and I'm like, I, I couldn't watch it in the like the, the the practical effects, like, look great, it's so grotesque. And I was like, <laughs> Does she <laughs> like have to? Like, initiate a slit wrist at first just to, like, uh, kind of open the wound. And end. so and then, like, breaks. that catches on the handcuffs and she, like, rips the skin off like a glut. It's, it's horrific. <laughs> 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 but the movie, movie's great the movie's that great, scene. Though. It was like, really I, I, I was watching that just like, oh! oh. I, could, <laughs> I, like, physically moved on the couch, like... I was, like, picking my legs up, and I was like, no movie does this. To- Gerald's <laughs> <laughs> game. I think it was because Carla Gugino was getting hurt. <laughs> <Yeah. I can't laughs> but uh, anyway, Mike Flanagan, uh, he's done some, he's done some yeah. really, really good uh, horror flicks. He did, actually, he saved an awful series, with the Ouija series, right? He, yeah. Which is funny because it's not technically... A series, it's not right, like a right, sequel right. to anything, but I guess you could just say movies with Ouija attached to the right. title. But he, did. he made the only good movie <laughs> right. in existence. Ouija: Origin of Evil was Mike. Flanagan. And again, it's like really a lot like um, a-, a Haunting of Hill House. Really good character development in right. that movie. I remember the, when I went to see Ouija in theaters, and I was expecting it to just be terrible. This is before I even really knew who Mike Flanagan was. And I'm watching it, and like 30 minutes in, it's really not, like, no frights. But I'm like, why am I so invested in characters? character? Right. Because he just builds characters well. And there are three Haunting and Hill House actors in that. The little girl who gets yep. possessed. The, the mother, surely, Right, and... Um, Elliot from Easy, is the priest. I love Elliot. I would keep calling him Elliot. I can't remember. I calling him Elliot the whole show. And every once in a while, I would go to Allie and I would go, Ow. And she kept asking me to do it. But I'm loving that he's having like a resurgence. Yeah. Anyway, so Jordan. Uh, so what 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 moment uh, do you think like sort of like sort of really swept you up into the show where you were like all right I need to keep watching
1: this? You know what it is? I think it was um, when they started exploring the relationship between the twins.
0: Uh, so about episode because uh, actually that's before because episode six is two storms. And by that point, we've already seen those two the the twins episodes. So maybe episode four.
1: Yeah. So like when they started exploring um, the whole thing with uh, Luke and how these these experiences deeply traumatized him, and led him to uh, you know a path towards addiction. I thought it was really really compelling because that's something you don't really you see you don't really see uh, explore that in horror movies as much. Also. The one thing, too, and I think part of the reason we're kind of like we're backtracking as far as like the episodes, you notice that I think like four out of four out of the episodes are about like the same runtime. There's a few that are longer than others. And there's one that's also like really short. Right. Right. So like I go through that, too. And this is something I noticed as well was that if the if the series was edited in a linear fashion. Right. I think it would have been received a lot differently. Like, I mean, that's, how, that's the whole nature of editing, right? I think, yeah, yeah. yeah it's funny because yeah. you can say yeah. that about a lot of movies was, that, yeah. that way. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah.
0: if this was, like, you know, in in sequence... Yeah, Pulp Fiction was... Exactly. That <laughs> be, would it be as good? I kind of feel like Pulp Fiction would still be as good. Yeah, but, but
1: would it have been received, received as well? Right. right. right, right. Um, but, yeah, like, I think when they started diving into that, that's when I was really, really really hope Luke's episode mm-hmm. is one of the best Yeah, ones his is one of
0: my favorite Luke's episodes is one of my favorites which I believe is episode 5. Uh sorry, episode 4 because uh episode 5 would be the yeah, sister Nell. younger sister Nell's yeah. episode. Uh, cuz that leads into Two Storms which is actually my favorite episode of the series. Um, and it's not just because like they do like the really cool like one shot yeah, stuff yeah. or or not it's not all one shot but they do a lot of long takes in it. But uh, I just thought it was really clever again, like the back and forth of that episode between the past and the present, but like how each one's like dealing with this storm and uh, and it's not even just like the storm analogy also can uh, though it can be used you know the yeah. as like what's going on in the in the morgue uh, not the morgue but the uh, funeral the oh. time too because like everything's coming to a head in that episode, yep. right so yeah um, and there's also a really, really creepy moment in that when um, towards the end when they see the the mom or something on the floor. Uh, remember when uh, Theodora and uh, the eldest brother.
1: yes, oh, yes uh, Like Dario
0: Naharis. <laughs> Steve, right? Steve. <laughs> Steve, right? Steve, yeah. <laughs> Elliot and yeah. Dario Naharis. <laughs> By <laughs> the way, his real name, Elliot's real name is Henry Thomas. Henry <laughs> Thomas, that's right. We're yeah. still going to call him Elliot, but... It's it, Elliot's better. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Two Storms is my favorite episode, but I agree.
1: Um, yeah, when, it, when, it, when they started really exploring the relationship between the twins and, like, the like how much, like, this impacted both of them and, and traumatized them in very different ways. Like, right. for uh, Luke, he became, you know, addicted to drugs. And then uh, for Nell... Um, it manifested itself as like a sleeping sort right. of, you know, um, and, and I don't know. It was just it was it was fascinating too. Was that, um, and that's why I say like even if you took away the ghosts, took away the hauntings and all that, just that just that as like you know as like a, a, a just a group of people searching for help or searching for help into from a scientific perspective, right and still not being able to come to terms with it right. was like really fascinating to me. And I think that's the reason I was so drawn to uh, those particular moments because, you know, like there's that part where you're just like, maybe maybe Steve has a point. Maybe right. maybe, sorry, maybe it is like your, their mom had mental illness and this is all just a manifestation of that and it's like trickling out to them in different ways, you mm-hmm. know. But they, they managed to um, add such like a more, like, they, they managed to add another layer to it, which I thought was like really, really compelling, you know.
0: And I, yeah, I thought that was clever too because it was like it was almost like um, if you know, like the history of uh, the Wolfman, right? Uh, the history, by, like one of the histories behind Wolfman is that
1: yeah, it was uh, Michael J. Fox that. It's all <laughs> it Michael J. Fox, right? So it's all
0: Michael J. Fox. You didn't know that, and uh, what's his face from? <laughs> Is from Ozark. From Ozark. Uh, <laughs> Jason <so> Bateman. <laughs> we about Teen Wolf. If you know anything about the Wolfman, they're rooted in Michael J. Fox and Jason Bateman. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> This is some werewolf filmmaking, <No>. <laughs> Teen Wolf 1 and 2. Uh, I, love, I
1: love those movies when I was younger. Dude, hey, I love listen. them
0: both. Are you kidding me? <laughs> one's uh, basketball. One, the other one's what, boxing? boxing something right And it, I love that it's, it's Teen Wolf 2, T-O-O. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I'm a Teen Wolf 2. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, uh, but if you know anything about the, like, Wolfman sort of legends of those tales, it's like a lot of it was like people yeah. who had mental illness yeah. thought that they were, like, in the, you know, in the, yeah. the moon was turning them into wolves. So I thought that there was it was also a clever sort of bringing, like, how, you know, a, a, a mother's mental illness... Could have potentially affected her her right. children and make yeah. them believe that they saw these things, right? That these things manifested right. to them. And I thought that that was clever too. So like even like as you're watching the show, you sometimes to- some people could be, is it real? Is this right. something that was just and you know heck- sort of ingrained in them because of like. Their mother's mental illness, and maybe they that has and been passed And having have like sleep paralysis again. First of all, great, uh, like you know, to harken that back to the the great documentary, the nightmare. Um, yeah, if you haven't seen the nightmare, uh do so. It is terrifying. Like the reenactments they do in that documentary are horrifying. Like they're done really well, and just the fact that people actually go through something like that is crazy. And that's what's so good about. Making Nell have sleep paralysis because it is something that people go through, even though this film she is seeing ghosts, they to, to connect it with sleep paralysis is something that makes it even scary if you think about it. Yeah. Right, right, there's almost each story has, uh, you know, like in the end, yes, it's ghosts, but like each story has this element of realism to it that people can relate to, and I think that's why it sucks sucks them in, yeah. You know. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So I think that 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 just that element of uh, realism that can sort of like ground certain things like allows people, who, especially people who aren't necessarily fan of the horror genre, to be like, or you know, ghost genre to be like, you know, I, I can I can relate to this, relate to these people, relate to the the family drama element. <laughs> Didn't you? I think you would text me. Somebody did, uh, Jordan. Uh, that uh, it's like This Is Us meets, <laughs> I don't know, some ghost movie. <laughs> uh, which I thought was funny, but I actually haven't watched any of This Is Us, but... <laughs> but I, I, I understood the, uh, the comparison. <laughs> I think if you've seen a commercial of This Is Us... You know what it's you know <laughs> what it's about. I'm not like saying the show's a bad show. I haven't seen it. What I'm saying is, is you get
1: the gist of the show from. Yeah, the, it's not like 911 uh, on Fox. Right? You know, so,
0: Jordan's new favorite. He's show. He's been pushing 911 <laughs> on us outside of Blue
1: Bloods. Yeah. <laughs> and the rookie.
0: And the rookie. i was hearing about 911 the last time. I was talking. <laughs> Can I tell you how dedicated Jordan is to to a Bronx tale? <laughs> I, I've I have i have seen him listening to the Bronx Tale musical. <laughs> like I've seen him on his Spotify and he sent me songs for him, which weren't bad actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's a man. He's a dedicated man. <laughs> um so I, my episode my favorite episode um, of a uh, Haunting oh, of Hill House was uh episode 6 uh, which was um two storms you said yours was luke's
1: Jordan? well I, th- I think that one actually was also my favorite because they kind of two tie, storms yeah i think they also tie a lot of that stuff in and uh they reveal that like um spoiler alert uh the father has his own issues that he right um he kind of he kind of keeps away from the rest of his kids right. right so it's actually an interesting reveal and i think um i don't know the episode ties in a lot of stuff too it, it, it definitely ties in a lot and sets up a lot
0: yeah it's like it's the it's just the, it's definitely the episode that like sort of goes all right because one it comes after we get each person sort of individual episode and now it's like all right we're gonna catapult you into the rest of this um so mike what was your favorite episode then? you know um it's between like i love episode two i think that one was handled so well uh, episode six, I feel like is kind of gonna be up there with everybody's you know favorite episode because it's just so damn good. Um, and Luke's episode, I like a lot too. I thought Luke's yeah. episode was so good. Yeah, he's a, and that like was that a actor, I don't really, I didn't really see him in anything else before this. I don't believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he killed it. Like if I see him in, in another project after this, I'll definitely watch it because I think he did such a great job. Yeah, no, he was, uh, he was awesome
1: in that episode. I would say that, um. Yeah, there's a lot of good, I mean, the way they kind of, uh, capture that world, that the L.A. kind of, like, underworld, if you will, it was, like, a really, I, you know, it's like, it's a close second to me. It was a very close second, because, like, you really, you really feel the pain that he puts his family through. Right, yeah. Um, and you see, because well, he's a twin, you know, like, his twin's are gonna feel it in some way, too. Like, it's,
0: and you know what's great about, like, I like how, I like how matter of fact his family is with him because he's put them through, through right, so right. much. Like, I, it's funny. I had someone say to me the other day that uh, Stevie, the older brother, right. they were like, oh, Stevie's such a dick to Luke. And I was act. I found myself. over a bunch of times. <laughs> yeah, I found myself defending Stevie because, I, and it sounds crazy because, like, Luke has such problems you know he's a he's an addict and stuff but mm-hmm. i was like yeah but i'm sure stevie was put through a lot through what stevie said like luke ripped him off a bunch of times look what he's doing to the rest of the family so just you know stevie's being very very harsh with him at points but it's kind of like he brought it on himself you know so right and, and like- i like i like that dynamic too well, and if anybody, I would think Shirley was the one who was like... And, I, like, they're all sort of warranted in their reactions to Luke. But in the end, Shirley was the one that... Because even Stevie's, like... Even though he's, like, fed up at one point, right? He says, listen, take the camera, sell it, do whatever. I just need the the iPad or whatever, yeah. right? And he still gives. Shirley was the one who was, like, ready to cut him off completely. Yeah. You know what I'm and saying? And didn't let him go to the wedding and
1: stuff, right. which I thought was a little much. Right. right. But, um... No, there was um, there's a scene uh, where they're having dinner, right? And he's with, like, his friend. Luke is, Luke is with his friend, that woman who's also an addict, right? Who's also uh, um, in and out of recovery. Right. And then Steve pulls him aside and he's like, listen, like, she seems really nice. Charming, you know, like, very casual. And he, and he says, like, oh, great, some yeah. would almost say disarming and, you know, very easy. Basically yeah. implying that, like, she's saying all the right things, but if you really know an addict, they'll say anything to, she has an agenda. to have an agenda, you know, and um, it bothers Luke, but it's like, it's like if any, I mean, I've never, you know, God forbid I ever have to go through something like that. But if you've ever been around people that have that type of, you know, that have an addiction or been around or heard from people who have family members, you know, there's that reality check, you know what I mean? There's, like, there's all types of, like, coping mechanisms. Sometimes it's having that reality check. Sometimes it's, like, telling them, all right, well, I'm not going to... I can't stop this, so, like, you know, take take the camera, but, you know, like, you know, you're going to do whatever you're going to do anyway. Right. It's like,
0: Yeah, and, like, Stevie telling him that about his friend mm. was, again, he's being very matter-of-fact. Yeah. And, like you were saying, it's a reality check, but it was something that had to be said because... You know, they might have, this might have, you don't know how many times has it happened already, and, Some, or something similar to this. Yeah, I you remember know? seeing that and being like, man, this is cold-blooded, but I was like, also like, you ain't wrong, you yeah. know, <laughs> like I was like, yeah. uh, and just uh, for you guys out there, it's Oliver Jackson Cohen, who plays Luke, and I hadn't really seen him in anything else. I don't, he's not like a first-time actor from what I remember, like looking, up, looking him up, but uh, man, he was awesome. To be honest, just the full cast was like crazy, and you had like a lot of uh, uh, like Michael Flanagan, sort of like reoccurring, like or oh, not reoccurring, but you know, like actors that have worked with him several times, like Katie Siegel plays Theodora. Yeah, yeah. Has been she was in a great movie. It's called Hush, which is really right, right, good. That's uh, uh, Flanagan's first film, I believe. Right, and actually, isn't oh, she actually his wife? She's, she's his wife. Yeah. So Katie Siegel is also his wife. But from what I remember. Uh Victoria Peretti who plays Nell. I think this was like one of her first show, if not her first, first things yeah, ever. Course. And she's amazing, yes, Jeez, man. Fantastic. She knocks it out of the park because yes, yes. I'm like, how is it? This like actress we've never seen before yeah. comes in and just like slays it, not only slays it, but like carries the show. You know what I'm saying? That last that scene she has in the last episode oof, with like oof. all the siblings. Yeah. I was just like, whoa. That line man. where she's like, it's all confetti. It's yeah, all confetti. Yeah. It was so like, good. oh man. Yeah. <laughs> when I first saw the last episode, I felt like there's so much in it, right? A lot of in that last episode. On that one, yeah. And there's a lot of emotions going. But I I I'm not gonna lie, I kind of felt a little underwhelmed, right? At first, but it sat with me. That was the crazy thing about that last episode. For the rest of that night and on through the next day, that last episode sat with me more than any of the other episodes did. And I was like, yeah, that's the mark of a great episode. Like, I kept thinking of things and recounting things, and it is really good. Like, I feel like at first it feels underwhelming because it's not like a classic horror ending you know like and from, it's like creepy but it's not as frightening as yeah, like the that's previous thing it's like right? it it kind of plays with tropes but doesn't give you the the crescendo right, horror you right, right, usually right, do right, right. but to be honest it's, sometimes those suck so yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. and it's better i think exactly. what you get out of it is better you yeah. know uh,
1: it's more emotional it's a it's a powerful
0: and, emotional end yeah
1: yeah um no, I agree. I think um, even like leading up to it, like one particular scene I really love was um, there's a scene I think towards the end of episode eight, um, where uh, Shirley and Theodora they um, they see something in the car, they throw off the road, and then they have like this argument with each other on the lead, right, right, and, and it's cetera. like, and my goodness, um, and it's Katie Siegel, uh, Theodora like. Her acting and her performance is just so like it's like spellbinding. Oh,
0: when she's like, I yeah. just wanted to feel. Yeah, like, yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, the, the yeah. like oh, breakdown, gosh, yeah, the breakdown. Yeah. Like, it was
1: like, it was, like it was like amazing. It was amazing to watch. Yeah, and then like you said the ending, like there's no crescendo ending. It's like, and that's actually what I was hoping for going into that la- last episode. Right, I wanted to have like a sweeping resolution that's more like it feels more like a mental illness resolution. Which is if you know anything about in this, it's something that carries on with people, right? right it's yeah. like sometimes there is no resolution. Right. It's so consistent through your life, your life right? Yeah. So to have something like that, where it's like, okay, like, like you know, because you know, part of you is just like, are oh, they going to burn the house or not? They're going to burn the house. Or Spoiler alert! But like, you'll kind of get to that point after, right. you know, like, <laughs> right. um, and just kind of like seeing and hearing and kind of kind of the meticulous meticulously recounting, you know, what the red room ultimately represents, right. And kind of revealing certain things that they <laughs> have been alluding to throughout the, <laughs> right, throughout right, the dead right. episodes. Um, I thought it was. I, I think they ended it in a way that they, they needed to. It needed to be a kind of like a, a family resolution, you know, versus a uh, you know we purge the demons from this house and like yeah. you know like because you know the thing is like you know in, for a lot of uh, a lot of media that deals with this, it's like you know, I mean like we've had a bunch of like uh, exorcism movies, right. like annual exorcism movies. Year in and year out, right? And they always deal with like the resolution being we have to get rid of like the demon. And it's like yo, the demon in this isn't really the house. Exactly. It's like it's like the it's like the internal. Right. And, but the, that's the, like good, the, the, but the mark of, of like
0: some of the greatest horror movies is that like they're metaphorical, right? And, and get like, out
1: like which could also be like the prequel uh, the prequel could hypothetically be episode (laughs) 5 right Uh, I was
0: just reading a great article on uh, Tom Savini's remake of uh, Night of Living Dead 1990 and how but the article makes some good points as to why it's actually a film that's kind of like slept on Um, but it's just sort of all like bringing me back and maybe I'll post that article on the uh, Facebook page but it's like all those like the classic great horror movies you know, are work great as horror movies, but they're all like heavily, heavily metaphorical, right? Yeah, right. And uh, and House on Haunted Hill, I mean House on Haunted Hill, Jesus, the uh, Haunted Hill House works exactly like those great horror movies right. in that way. And uh, you just said it yourself, right? Purging the demons, they're purging their demons, yeah. right? But like and think about another great horror film from this year, Hereditary. Right. Very similar in a lot of ways, dealing with family dynamic, but like putting the horror element in. And right. again, the reason that movie worked so well is is because the family drama in Hereditary, right. like that scene in the dinner table when she like, you know, oh, finally loses first, it first and of tells th- her To son, me, that's like Oscar winning Yeah, she, she tells beginning. her son what she, what's on her mind yeah. finally and stuff like that. Like, it's just done so well man and like and all the other metaphors of in within that film they shine through and then the horror is really good too you know so right, it's like, right, right. and it helped inform what you know the the overall you know idea they're trying to tell with with that film right. so um yeah no it's um <laughs> the show's amazing hereditary was amazing uh, I I want to bring up one point, and this is going to be definitely spoiler warning because it very much has to go with the last episode. And so there was one thing I noticed in the last episode, and I want to know if you guys noticed it. And also, if, I guess, uh, any shifters out there, if you did, you can write on Facebook or uh, any of the social media uh, channels we operate on. Um, So if you remember in the last episode, right, uh, there are these... um, sort of fictitious scenes, right, that are being put in their head by the ghosts, right? And if you notice, each one of those scenes is presented to you, you as the viewer, in sort of a sepia tone. There's a a warmer tone to each one of those scenes. Yeah, kind of like a a hazy light in it. If you notice... The very ending of the of the film of of the series is in that same tone, and I told Allie this. I was like, the whole show leading up to this, you never got that that like sepia warm tone until that last episode, and then when you saw that, it was only when they were seeing these like these moments that were sort of being planted into their head by the ghost, and the very end of the show ends in that tone is that so the, I was like the baby and stuff that. just the whole ending the mm-hmm. whole ending after they after the house is done you know after they're out of Hill House the whole ending of that show is in that tone and I was like was that Flanagan's like inception moment I you know care, where like the, top the top is spinning and you don't know if it wag- waggles or not like Did they get out? Did they make it out? You know, is this something that's being planted
1: in their head? It's funny because, like, when I thought of episode uh, six with Nell, I thought of, like, man, it's a really version of interstellar yeah, right?
0: it oh, kind of wait
1: is. shit I'm the, I'm the book i'm the book i'm the book i'm the book i'm really the i'm not going to spoil this for the listeners watch episode six
0: <laughs> you're ruining you're also ruining interstellar I know. <laughs>
1: uh
0: i'm just putting that out there uh, did you guys notice that at all i noticed the i'll say the that like kind of hazy lighting like, in the scene with, like, the baby... Right, Indian it's like a warm, stuff, yeah. almost sepia tone, and but it, it's like... But can we, like, say how great those, like, little... Like, the way they peppered in these little things? And it's funny because... I can't say I saw it coming, right? I didn't see that coming at the end, the idea of, like, these things were being planted, like, making them think they were in one room but they weren't. But if you notice, the caretaker, she reacts... Every time they say the room that she does, yes, she, she has a weird yeah. reaction to it. And I picked that when up. They're, when they when they because I remember the one that got me was when he's like, eh, it was in the game room. And, and she's she like, says, game, game room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and obviously you're not thinking like, oh, it's. And I've, I caught that. Like when she said game room, I was like, I was thinking mm, like maybe the caretaker's not telling yeah. us something or she's hiding something. Okay. Well yeah, I totally. think the overall like what happens is it's much better
1: obviously. Yeah, honestly the whole time I was just like, uh, groundskeeper people. Yeah. Crownskeeper willies. <laughs> willies. Willies, plural. Uh I'm thinking they're ghosts too. I just think I was hoping I was thinking and I would have actually kinda of been a little bothered by that because I was like, Come on, what kind of cheap ending we're like, oh people helping me out are actually ghosts at the end of the day. <laughs> it's Exactly like a movie, that movie with Nicole Kidman, the others, which I remember watching it a, on a Main Street Cinema when I was really young, right? <laughs> and I'm glad that wasn't the ending because I would have. You'd have been tight. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: I never thought they were ghosts, but I was like, maybe like they're nuts or something like. Yeah, I thought it was too out. much yeah. happening outside of yeah. like the yeah, world I, that like yeah, they could no, I, yeah,
1: yeah. I agree. And
0: to have like all of that be some like thing the house is doing would have been ridiculous. Right. But. I knew something was up. I just thought it was, like, most... And I maybe that was, like, a cool, like, sly little thing. Again, maybe Flanagan playing with the tropes of horror films because it's always, like, the creepy, like, yeah. housekeeper that, yeah. like, I know something, huh? Right. But it's, like, she didn't know something. She was actually being kept out of the loop, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. in the end, that's what we find right. out. So, again, he, he kind of took one of the tropes and flipped it and made it something different. Yeah, um, you know, I, I would uh, highly recommend you getting out there and uh, checking out uh, "The Haunting Hill House" if you haven't seen it. It's on Netflix now. And also, uh, I can, can I just add that you know we were talking about horror movies like throughout October, and like I amassed a pretty good list of stuff. Any listeners want to post their list to the Facebook page? We can see what you guys have been watching. That'd be awesome. Look at the new guy giving orders here. No, I'm just uh, You know what I just wanted to also put this out there. Uh, episode six was my favorite, but I also do love um episode three, which is uh Theodora's episode. I not only that, because like huge shout out to uh McKenna Grace, the young actress in that who plays young uh, Theodora, who is, is always young in. Tanya Harding. Tanya Harding and I Tanya. Yeah. Um she's phenomenal. That's She's great, soon. yeah. So uh, uh, I just wanted to put that out there. Like that was another one that I that I loved. The, the whole show was great. Um, so I guess before we wrap the the Halloween episode, um, I hope you guys are out there uh, getting candy and having fun. But uh, and howling uh, at the moon. Let's. Uh, uh, besides haunting a Hill House, I guess I want to throw out another wreck, which would be I'd say get out there and see the new Halloween because I thoroughly enjoyed it. I As thought it was I. really fun. Yeah. Uh, May not be as metaphorical as. <laughs> yeah. it's Pretty straightforward. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, cutty, stabby, stabby. <laughs> but uh, I thought um, David Gordon Green, who's a filmmaker, I love, did a great job, sort of like taking the material, paying homage, but like doing his own thing. Mike, would you give a horror movie rec for the shifters before we leave? Uh, something from this year, or could it be an one? Whatever old you want, whatever you want to throw. Should watch. Uh, I'm gonna say get out there and see, or not get out there. You could. Everybody's watching things in their house now, so (laughs) sit your ass down on the couch, put on your smart TV, and see Ravenous. Very good film from the what was it like mid '90s? I love Ravenous, Ravenous. and I had Allie sit down. I didn't have her. She. I asked her to sit down and watch it with me, and she did. She. She uh, agreed to. And she wasn't digging it, man, and you, it broke my heart. You get, you <laughs> get like, Robert Carlyle at his like most manic. Him. It's amazing. <laughs> and uh, what's his face? Courtney Cox's brother. Uh, not no, uh, uh, not Courtney Cox. Uh, his ex-husband. Her ex David Arquette, being nuts. Uh, good pick, uh, Ravenous. I'm uh, sorry last year, but it, it's a good one. Uh, Jordan, you got to uh, before we uh, we get out of here. You got a, a horror movie rec. Outside of uh, Haunting a Hell House?
1: My friend star recommended Tales from the Hood, too. All right. Which I believe is on Netflix. Whole move going with a wreck you didn't watch. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. But Keith David is in it.
0: He's going to get a lot of hate mail. Oh, man, Keith David. Keith (laughs) David I'm in order. Anything Keith David's in, I'm going to give it a a watch. I don't care what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I heard... uh, I was reading something that said the movie was kind of trash, but... I'm always down for tales from the hood. So yeah, actually, it. that makes me want to see it more. George's gonna have a lot of mad shifters coming <laughs> after him tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> so we gotta get some Chaz Terry masks and go trick or treating. <laughs> anyway, uh, I guess that's another one in the back yeah. that's, uh, <laughs> in their bag. That's in the trick or treat bag. So I guess happy Halloween, guys. Be safe out there and. Yeah. Um, Shifters out.
1: It's eight AM. It's eight AM.